Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Afternoon, Roxy Soxy. I wish it was a good afternoon, Tim Tim. I know. I'm in LA, guys, and I've been here for five days. And I'm supposed to have seen Roxy, like, and we were supposed to hang out literally hours at a time every day. And she is sick in bed with the flu. But I feel like last week I was sick in the week before you had COVID. So I feel like it's, I feel like everyone's just sick all the time. I feel like we're covering all the sick bases. Like we're hitting all the majors, like yeah, COVID, the RSV, the flu, and it's just like, it, just when you think it's done and yeah. you hit a good streak of like being healthy, another illness pops up. That's and how I feel. I literally was weird. sick from Monday to Friday, and then I was like, okay, on Friday I was feeling better. Saturday I was better. Sunday I was better. Monday I got something else. Uh see like you just yeah. you can't catch a break this year it's like i thought maybe at least for the till the end of the year we'd be in yeah. safe zone but nope just the the christmas gift that keeps on giving <laughs> i know it's so hard it's hard because yeah. you know this is the time of the year where everyone's getting ready for the holidays and christmas and new year and looking after kids and there's so much pressure. I think we should talk about this, like the pressure of feeling good around the holidays and you know what happened with, I haven't, I don't think I've spoken to you since what happened with Twitch, um, you know, which is a very successful dancer, um, influencer, content creator who was on Ellen for like eight years, eight to 10 years. He has been in film. I did a movie with him. I don't know if you know that I did a movie with him about eight years ago. Um, has just was one of the most incredible human beings you'll ever meet such a light such an energy to him that you just he just radiates positivity and goodness and he took his own life I think about five days ago and he went you know the saddest part about it is and this is a trigger warning if anyone's listening it's a trigger warning about suicide um, he went to, uh, he was with his wife mm-hmm. and then that day he turned off his phone <clears throat> and didn't take his car and went to a hotel and had a gun and shot himself. Mm-hmm. And 
it's I think why it's really ricocheted through so many different industries, especially in America, but L.A., is because we know people like him that just are such good people that radiate such positivity and happiness. And you just don't can't comprehend that someone who was like that could do something like this. Exactly. And I mean, I think too, when looking from the outside in, he kind of looks like the guy who has everything, right? He's got yeah. a happy family, seemingly good marriage, the kids, the great job. He's, you know, if some people care about being famous, he's famous. He's, you know, got all of these great things, but yet he, you know, wasn't at suffering on the inside. No at all you know and um it seems like you know i've i've been kind of reading up a little bit a lot on um i've been reading up a bit on suicide and kind of like warning signs um this week just right. to, like, kind of get an idea and one of the things that they said was that a lot of times people who um you know are have decided to do this and commit suicide is that right before they almost get a sense of euphoria and like are in like a very seemingly you know peaceful or happy place so it's very like misleading right. almost to the outside to the people around them to like look right. at the science because they don't know because they almost present like they're in a really great place when in right. actuality they're not and i don't even know was with somebody like him who was such a bright light and so joyful you know from the outside Right. How hard that must have been, unless maybe you knew him very, very, very closely, to be able to tell if something like that was even going to happen. Yeah. You know? And my husband, because I said to my husband, I was like, I said to Sean, I, I said, are you sure there was like no foul play? And, you know, would they have checked the cameras of someone walking in the room? And he said, Tamman. I know you're thinking that. And I know a lot of people, when I read some of the comments, think that like, this can't be real. This can't be happening. And he's like, because people cannot comprehend someone who is radiating, like I said, such joy, pure love and happiness, got a great family, got everything, would even think to do something like this to themselves. And that's why everyone is just so shocked, you know? And and I've never been, I've, I, you know, I well, there's been two times in my life, I wouldn't say, that I wanted to do that, but there were two times in my life where I wanted, wanted it to like the chaos in my mind to stop, you know? And so that came in a form of like, like postpartum, I was just really, my anxiety got so bad and my panic got so bad that I just wanted it to stop. So I just wanted to sleep or drink or whatever I could do for that panic and anxiety to go away. So I have had that feeling of like, I don't know what to do. I just need this to end, but I've never gotten to a stage where I would actually do that or plan to do that. And I think a lot of people have had moments in their lives where they're just like, I just can't do this anymore. You know, like, and then why do some people feel that and go one way and some people feel that and go another? <clears throat> yeah, it's really, it's so hard to comprehend. You know, growing up, there were a couple of people that I knew um, in high school that did that. Uh, I, I don't know if there were any, I think the people that I knew, well, unless I, we didn't know for some reason, but the ones that did, you know, obviously carried it through the whole way. Um, I had a friend in later on, like 10 years later, 
who also did it. Um, and she had kind of a similar um, situation where, you know, the day of she went to her therapist in the morning, she had, you know, a, a great day, like she talked to people and then, you know, did what she did. But um, I just think it's so hard. Like, how how do you even tell? Like, and right. you know that somebody, unless people are saying to you, you know, like if somebody says to you, you know, like I'm having an issue here or I want to talk about this. Like, how do you know? How do you know? But it there is, I think, a big um, message in all of this, um, this sadness is check on your friends, you know, check right. on your friends, check on your family. They members. say check on your happy friends, too. Yes. It's yes. The people that are the most gregacious and, you know, positive and out there are the ones that it's like you're, you're hiding behind an act. But there was one thing I did want to mention is that men... I feel like suffer more in silence than women because women, it's just the narrative surrounding women is that we talk to each other. I'm not saying all women do, but we, we feel safer. I think in environments with women where we can tell them how we feel, we don't feel like we're going to be judged. We're not, we don't feel like we're going to be told we'll suck it up and be tough. Like if I said to you, I'm really struggling. Your first thing out of your mouth would not be like, well, you're a woman. It's like, suck it up, you know? Yeah. And I think that for generations it's changing now, but you know, still is that like my husband's generation, it was kind of like, I said to him the other day, I was like, I've never really seen you cry. Like I've seen him cry for the births of our kids, which is a highly emotional situation. So yes, I would expect that for our wedding, but that's kind of it. I've been together 16 years and I've probably seen him cry three, four times. And I said, so why don't you cry? He said, because I don't, I've never been told that that was acceptable or that that was normal or that that was warranted or like I was just kind of told that that wasn't right for a man you know and again my husband's generation what is it Gener like gen x um so before millennial yeah yeah, yeah. gen x so you know I'm, I'm a millennial he's gen x and he just wasn't told that it was okay and then what happens is when you're really suffering you feel like it's not okay to burden someone else and to talk about it. So you suffer in silence. Mm -hmm. And Sean also said that when suicide does happen, men compared to women, men go through with it. There's a lot of attempted suicide that happens with women more so than men. When men have made that decision, they've made that decision. That's and so I think that's really scary because it's almost like you can't help or change their minds once they get to that point, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they can't. Once they've made their their decision, that's it. I mean, I'm just hoping. Oh God, it's just so sad. It's so sad, and I'm just hoping that maybe somebody, after hearing some of the, you know, the story, maybe <laughs> rethought what they were going to do and changed their mind, or somebody like a family member or a friend, right, to reach out to that person that might be struggling to try to help them. I just, I want something good to come out of this because it's just such an awful, awful, awful story. You know, it's just, it's so sad. And I just, the kids, the kids. Yeah. Can. I like, know. I thought about that too. And uh, there's so many comments when you read the comments on their last post is a lot of people, which I understand why they think this, but I think then these people don't really understand what depression is and how it feels mm -hmm. because they'll say like how selfish for someone to take their own lives when they have small children. But someone who is suffering from deep depression feels like such a burden that they feel like taking their life 
is the only thing that will help out their family because they are just such dead weight or such, but you know, such low self-esteem at that point, you actually feel like doing that is the only piece from the pain that you have that it's, you're not thinking my children and family will be worse off. You're thinking they'll be better off, right. you know? And I think that that's what people don't understand. It's, it's not, you're not choosing yourself over your family. No, no, you're right. And I think people think about it too, coming from like their mind versus like that person's mind who's like, you know, and I think that it's really hard for them to take themselves out of their own shoes and like kind of put themselves (laughs) in the other person's shoes. But it is to do that because it's like, you know, we, until you get into somebody else's mind, you really don't know, you know, what's going on or how they're feeling or how they're struggling. But I do hope that, you know, I, I, I've only heard great things about his wife, Allison. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping she has a great support system around her. Great therapists. Like, cause she's going to need it as they get, you know, go on in the years and her, as her kids get older yeah. and, you know, they're going to need a lot of help because I mean, I can't even imagine what, you know, what thoughts that they might have the kids as they get older, yeah. and, you know, there's probably feelings of abandonment and you know sadness and anger right I mean it's all of it right and that's what my starting point was when I went down this this path was around the holidays is when a lot of people really suffer because the holidays are packaged in this little bow that's like in the package is happiness and love and connection and you know, joy, peace, love, joy. And a lot of people don't feel that way around the holidays, especially because, you know, people have issues with their families or they've lost family members. And every time it's around Christmas, they're thinking about the loss or they're financially in a really shitty place that they feel like a failure because they didn't get their kids the right Christmas gifts or they have a father that they're estranged. Like there's so many things around the holidays I think it brings up for people. And I just... I don't know. I wish that the more honest we were on social media or with our friends, you wouldn't feel like you were, there was something wrong with you if you suffer more around the holidays. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's a very difficult time. I mean, I have some friends who are like, this is the worst time of the year for them. Right. You know, it's like, because like you're saying, they're estranged from their families. They have like really kind of nowhere to go and it can be very lonely, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's hard, you know. It's really hard. So I mean, I cert- certainly am sending a lot of love and compassion out to people who find yeah. this to be a really hard time, you know. Yeah, that's really. Can we um talk about my trip over here? Oh. Did you did you read <laughs> what happened? Tell me, to tell me. Oh my! I think you read it. Maybe you didn't read it. Okay, so we came from uh, Nashville to LA. And... Oh my God! The night you flew, right? Yeah. Oh my God. What? You didn't really get, I mean, I saw it. I'm going to get detail oriented with you. Detail oriented because I also had like fever brain and like sick. You're like, I have questions. So (laughs) so did I. I have questions too. So I'm sitting there. Firstly, I don't like turbulence. It's really turbulent. Phoenix is getting, my eldest daughter gets dizzy sick. So she kind of gets motion sick because like my husband, they both do and Lennon and I don't. So it's really freaking turbulent. By the way, did you see what happened in the Hawaii Airlines? Yeah. I digress and we'll talk about that after this little story literally the worst I'm like no 
<laughs> so I'm in there. It's like really turbulent. Phoenix is like, well, can I distract myself? I'll draw something on the vomit bag. But also like at least she has a vomit bag. If she gets too dizzy sick, I'm like kills two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. So I go to get this vomit bag the sick bag and I open it up just to make like I can puff it up like a little bit and as I puff it up I put my hand a little bit in it and there's somebody else's vomit in there that's where I would just I couldn't Tamman I would I pulled my hand out I looked at the shot and I go this is someone else's vomit what what like what what like was at least it wasn't too chunky like it was (laughs) it was like a lot of spit with like and I almost thought maybe it was like a baby's vomit because It had a lot of spit and it had kind of milk bits in it, but oh. it, it had like a few little bits of, so I'm just trying to tell myself it was like a two-year-old's vomit. You know what I mean? Like that to me makes myself feel a lot better than like a grown man, like puked in oh. a bag <laughs> the whole time. And I didn't, I couldn't get up because it was turbulent and it was near the end of the flight. So I couldn't get up and go wash my hand. So I had to like wipe it. Thank God I brought a wet wipe. I'm such my mother's Did daughter. Did you have hand so sanitizer? Like, Did you have No, I just had a wet wipe. So I'm like wet wiping my hand and then going under my nails because oh, there's God. like vomit in my nails. And then like, I want to, it's this weird thing of like, should I smell my hands to see if it's gone? Like, should I not? Like, I was like, cut it off, cut it off, cut it off. What do I do? So I just wiped it and then I kind of just like wetted it down or whatever. But like, I couldn't wash it until we landed. So I had this like vomit hand on my right, right? So the plane was already delayed an hour. So we we're supposed to get it at nine o'clock. I thought that was a good idea because we get it at nine. It's still 11 o'clock in the kids' heads, but they've had a little bit of a sleep. So it should be fine. So I'm like, okay, we're supposed to land at nine. We landed at 10 because it was an hour delayed. We got in. It lands at 10. And then they're like, uh, hello, everyone. Uh, just to let you know, we don't have a gate ready because LAX is a fucking shit nightmare. Yeah. And they didn't have a gate for us. So they kept saying, oh, it's going to be 15 minutes. They said that four times. So 15 times four, an hour. An hour we were left on the plane. So we're supposed to land at nine. We land. We ended up getting off that plane at 11. They decided to park at the international terminal. So the international to domestic at LAX is a good 35 minute walk with two small children when it's like 1 a.m. in their brains. So the kids at my daughter's like, I'm dizzy. I'm dizzy. I'm like, it's going to be fine. Walk all the way to get our bags, go outside to get the shuttle so we can get the car rental. Go get to get the shuttle. No shuttles came for an hour. No oh, shuttles came until 12.30 at night, LA time, which is 2.30 in our kids, my kids' head. The kids are like at, beside themselves. Sean's trying to keep his shit together. Wasn't doing a very good job. He was like, this is that. And I was like, Sean, keep your shit together. <laughs> Phoenix is crying because she's like, I'm dizzy. Lennon's like, ah, it's 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> Finally, like 12.30, a shuttle comes, comes and gets us, is cramped. The kids fall asleep on the shuttle in two seconds because they're exhausted. I'm like trying to hold two kids on the shuttle. Like my arms are going dead. We get off finally to go get the car rental at like 12.45. They don't have our car. <laughs> There's no car for us. So I get off. Sean at this point has lost his fucking mind. He's like, he does. he's not kept it together at this moment. And he's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, okay, we're going to find a car. At that moment, Phoenix projectile vomits. Uh-uh. Like where? On the floor? All over, just before you enter the car rental place. Uh-uh. Everywhere. Projectile vomits because she got so dizzy sick, vomited everywhere, all over everything. Oh, no. I'm there going, oh my God, it's okay, Phoenix, holding her hair back. Sean's yelling at the person at the Hertz car <laughs> rental. And then, and then he like looks at them and goes like, by the way, my daughter just vomited all over your store. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, and then Phoenix is crying because she's like, you're embarrassing me. At this point, I'm like, you can't make this shit up. Like, you can't make this no. shit up. Uh-uh. 
Finally, we get in the car, wipe her up. This vomit stolen. They did find us a car. We get back to the place at two, the Airbnb, because it's far away from LAX two, which is four a.m. at their in their heads. Uh-huh. And then they fall asleep, and Sean goes and gets ramen because I'm so hungry. <laughs> and then that was out. That was our way into LAX. Yeah, You're like welcome back to LA. I was like, and it happens every time. I don't know if you think this too, but LAX is just a shit show. Yeah, well, it's a shit show now too because they took away all of the. I know. Park. Yeah, like, being able to drive up to the yeah. terminals. It's so messed up now. It's like, and even if you try to get a car, like a car ride. You can't. You've got to get a shuttle to go. You've got to all get on a shuttle with all your bags and your kids. Wait for a shuttle to go get an Uber. Yes. It is the most taxing, like annoying thing on the planet. It's so annoying. And it's just this roundabout. And they're always doing construction too. So it's true. Always (laughs) some shit going on down there. So true. It's the worst. And if people are listening that haven't been to LA, it's like I love LA for so many reasons. What I don't like about it is the cars and the traffic. I I I haven't done this in a year. I put my finger up at someone because they were literally like that I they would not let me in. So I had to go to the right hand lane. And I was gonna if I didn't get onto right hand lane, I was gonna get onto the freeway. And I was like, I just need to get onto right hand lane. So they start speeding up to like they would rather me fucking die than let me in. And I'm like, excuse me. And I'm waving out my window. Can I get in? They start speeding. So I literally was like, fuck it. I don't even care at this point. I just like started moving into their lane. And they're like, and I'm like, screw you, asshole. And so I literally got in the lane by like the tiniest little bit. And he's like screaming. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, why won't you let someone in front of you to turn right? It wasn't my fault. I had to go from one end to the other end. Wasn't like I could have chosen that three streets, like three streets down. Right. No, literally people are the most selfish drivers. Selfish drivers. Tannen, let me tell you what happened to me one time. Just because you made me think about this with the guy that was trying to like, you know, push you over basically. I was driving from, I think it was like, like Beverly Hills going east on Beverly. And yeah. there was this Range Rover that was in front of me. And I'm like, oh, you know, and, and everyone, it was like kind of like start and go traffic for a minute. So everyone, you know, how people are, they try to cut oh, it yeah. cut out, like do the whole thing. And I had like gone cut, moved, actually moved out of the way to yeah. get out of this guy's way. And I moved to the side and he got so fucking pissed at me i know no listen to this he chased me he chased me down beverly and kept cutting me off at intervals in front of me on the street so no. we go one, we go one bit he would pull the range rover in front of me like that like diagonal almost and cut me off. Then I'd go around and I drive a little more and he would do it again. He did it like three or four times in a row. I no. thought, and then I, he rolled down the window, like he was screaming and I'm like, Oh my God, is this guy going to get out of the car Yeah, and hurt me back and like try to shoot me or something? I yeah. Was Cause so LA, they, yeah. Scared. I was scared. I was like calling David on the car phone being like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like this guy's going to like kill me. Like yeah. that's how scary it is here. It is. You know? And there's a movie, I, I think it was yep. Russell Crowe who did a movie about exactly that. Yep. So the the woman cuts him off and he goes and like kills her, like follows her and then like goes and kills her. Wait, because what movie is that? What movie? Know, like Road Rage. I think, I think it's called <laughs> something like that. <laughs> but yeah, it's really, really scary. 
Mm-hmm. So you had a nice welcome into Los Angeles. <laughs> I was like, who have I become? Because in like in Nashville, I always tell you, like I was at the red traffic light uh-huh. and I like looked at my kids for a second and I missed an entire, entire cycle. So it went from red to green back to red there was seven cars behind me and not one person honked at me <gasps> and I was like this is the life that I want to live like this is very nice like it's not stressful you know I mean you don't love just being stressed and anxious in your car all day I mean what oh, what is just, there what it's else just is stress there? and anxiety I do love LA though but it's just sometimes I'm here and I'm just like it's just like a fan like this isn't real this isn't real life yeah you know like it's just it's like a fantasy world you know everyone's like driving Porsches that they can't afford, <laughs> like you know, and living in tiny little apartments, and everyone's got a script, and like it's great, you know, like it's just, you know, I it, don't know. It, yeah, it is. It's like the land of what do they call it? They have a word for it. It's like the land of thirty thousand dollar millionaires or something. Yeah, people are so like into the image of everything that like it's not the real story. It's like yeah. you know they might drive a fancy car and then you go back and they live in like a, not that there's anything wrong with this, but they live in like a five hundred square foot you know apartment. Know, yeah. Thing. Which is and then in Nashville, people will live in like a 5,000 square foot house and they're driving a Ford truck. <laughs> I love you know it. Because I mean? they don't think like, well, why am I going to waste my money on like a Bentley or like a Range Rover right. or like a Audi when I could just inject that money into my home? Right. And which makes sense because that's where yeah. you spend your time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But maybe because we're, it's in LA, we spend most of our time on the road. The so. car. And I also, I think it's that, but I also think it's a keeping up appearances thing. I think if people, when they, when you drop off, and some of it I think is warranted, like when you go to a restaurant and you're driving a nice car, people think, you know, I want to get into business with them because they must be successful based in the car that they drive. And I do believe in that. I think that sometimes keeping up those appearances for work can be smart, but not when it's like a financial decision that will affect you ultimately. And I think that that's what happens in Los Angeles a lot. I think people get in a lot of debt because everything is very expensive here. And, you know, again, you're trying to keep up appearances. You're trying to look like you have everything. And that's what LA is, is all about selling scripts and making movies and You'll be like, oh, you're a producer. And then you'll look online and it's like, produce my friend short. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but yeah. you should just say like, I, I, I just starting out, you know? Yeah. Or like produced a student film. It's like, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So what about like, like uh, Christmas? Cause Christmas is coming up. Is I've got any presents yet. I think we're going to do a light, the light Christmas, you know, tra- traveling to Australia is very expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want anything. My parents don't want anything. My kids do. So I'll buy stuff for them, but I just, I don't know. I'm just kind of over the whole consumerism thing. I'm like, life is so expensive anyway, schools and house and traveling and all this stuff that we do and we spend money on. And then like in Christmas, you're expected to just pay all this money. I, I think when I was younger, I don't know if you feel this way too, but like maybe 10 years ago, I feel like you felt like you had to buy gifts for everyone. And now I don't feel like people are buying gifts for everyone unless you're like have so much disposable income. I don't think everyone's buying gifts for all their friends and the people that they work with. I think some people are buying a few little things, but I don't know. What do you think? I do. Yeah, I agree with you. I think like, especially coming out of like the whole pandemic time too, like people have pared down in a lot of ways. Right. And it's yeah. Like, I just feel like that's a thing. Like normally, 
I don't think, um, you know, less I go to a party and somebody's doing like a white elephant gift exchange kind of a thing. Like, I don't generally give yeah. gifts out. I mean, I give gifts out to like just our immediate family. But you know what David and I decided to do this year? Instead of giving each other's each other gifts, we're going to buy a new bed for ourselves. That's nice. Isn't that nice? Just to like change it up a little bit, like freshen things up, like... And it's yeah. something we can both use and it's functional. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I so like I, that. Right? I said to Sean, I was like, you know what I want for, for Christmas is like tickets somewhere, like plane tickets Ooh. somewhere. The cheapest, like, let's go online and just go like, there's a couple hundred dollar tickets to Montreal mm-hmm. or sometimes you get those to like Tokyo or something it's just so like we can do I I feel like spending money on travel and experiences so much better than buying a new pair of shoes like my priorities have shifted I said to Sean I was like oh I don't have any you know all these like nice clothes that I used to have he's like but where's your priorities and I'm like it's not in that anymore like I don't really don't care what shoes I wear I really, I really don't like I'd rather go to Japan <laughs> exactly and you know eat some good sushi over there love the sushi yeah but i know it's it's true your priorities do change i think especially after especially now with kids getting older too it's like who has the time like i feel like because we're all always on the go and we're always on the run and i feel like you know we're never really like it's not even i don't know we're not like what's the word it's not that we're not seated down what am i trying to say i'm sorry i have like fever fog in my head yeah yeah (laughs) because we're everyone is so busy it's like the things that i used to like before i had kids sure i loved wearing like chanel you know having chanel bags and like you know wearing like expensive shoes and like but it's you're right it is different it changes not to say that i don't love getting dressed up and like doing fun stuff but it's like the place where you spend your money because now we're we're getting to a point where it's like college is not too far off for these kids you know i mean it's like 10 years away at this point like so like for things like that i mean they're gonna you know it's just not cheap having kids you know yeah it's so expensive it's so expensive you know yeah. And I just think that everything's getting more and more expensive and inflation is raising, rising and it's like just being smart. I wish that I had more financial literacy as a younger kid, like in my 20s, because I did make really, you know, chunks of really good money throughout my life. And if I knew how to invest it and we did, but like I wish I had had some kind of help when I was younger and they te- I taught that at school because I feel like they don't. Yeah, they should. It should be a course in school. It should be. Yeah, yeah. Like in high school, you know, like these kids should be learning, you know, how do you invest money? I mean, even if they're starting with like $5 a week or something, just something to build, you know, would be smart because if they started investing when they were, let's say 15, 16, whatever years old, by the time they get to retirement age, 60, 65, they've done pretty well with little bits here and there. I mean, if, even if it's like a few bucks a week that they're putting in. Yeah. You know, yeah. Compounding with interest and in special accounts and, you know, doing money markets and stocks. I mean, they could make good money, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that. Right. So what is your New Year's resolution and, oh. and New Year's look like for you? Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking 
I am not making a New Year's resolution this year. Good. I like that. Right? Okay. Thank you. I'm like, yeah. instead of that, I am going to be more vulnerable. Ooh. In general, in life, with everybody and everything, and like, I'm just going to, this is what I'm focusing on. Just be more vulnerable. What does that mean? What does that look like? I don't know. What does it look like? What What effect will that have? Hopefully good, but I don't know. Like, I'm just going to work on cracking myself open. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. How about I love you? that. Um, I definitely have lots of goals, but I don't want to put pressure on myself. Like I, I always used to say like, I want to get in great shape. And, and it's weird because I actually want to be the healthiest I've ever been, but in maybe a different, I don't know, like in a, in a different way, like maybe mentally healthy uh-huh. instead of, instead of, like always like looking a certain way, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but I think for me, it's just more about finding things like happiness and vibrating at a higher stand, like at vibrating at a higher level and being around high vibration people. Uh-huh. I think I'm just sick of like spending time comparing and, you know, just having negative continual thoughts go through my brain I think I'm addicted to my phone I would like to stop being so addicted to it um but yeah I think I'm just trying to better I think as you get older you just want to better yourself you know you just want to have a strong relationship with your friends and your husband and your kids and that can't happen unless you work on yourself yes 100% and I'm like learning these lessons I feel like slowly but surely and I feel like by doing those things and living at a higher vibration, it just gives you so much more peace. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. more inner peace for yourself and like more and this. That's exactly what I want to do. I want to like be at peace and like really, really not give like the, ze- I want to really give the zero fucks, you know, like just live how, just care about like what I'm doing and like kind of follow my path. You know what I mean? And just like, yeah let other and hopefully you know that'll that means like surrounding you know myself with like-minded people yeah Uh, but it's you know it is it's really interesting i mean i'm kind of excited about it though i'm like excited this vulnerability over here you're gonna see me next year tammy oh you're just gonna be crying at everything (laughs) i'll be like tammy i'm vulnerable so vulnerable you know it's also like in your relationships too it's yes it's looking at your husband instead of someone who's against you mm-hmm. and it's looking at him as someone who like could be suffering. And instead of like going, how is this affecting me? How do I feel like he's hurting me or blaming him? Maybe look at like every time we have a fight now, I just go, oh, he must be struggling. Yes. Because if it's just about like, oh, he's just trying to hurt me. Even if someone is trying to hurt you, it's because they're hurting Right. And they're suffering. So they're trying to like deflect that onto you. Yes, girl. Okay. So we just had it. David and I had just had to come to Jesus this past week. And um, that is exactly how I changed my viewpoint. I was like, okay, instead of making him the bad guy, like I always do in a fight, you know, or the enemy, or he's trying to do something to me. I did. I switched the narrative in my head and I said, you know what? I started thinking back because we all have everybody has shit from their childhood and growing up and, you know, so nobody is different in that case. And I started kind of putting him in that frame of reference, you know, and thinking, okay, like 
I mean, I obviously don't know everything that he has gone through in life, but of what I do know, I started putting it in like context. And so I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, like kind of going through the checklist and being like, okay, so this kind of, you know, like it makes sense that he's acting like this or having this kind of a reaction because of like, you know, things that he's been through, things that I've been through, you know? So I started like, kind of make giving him a more human spin than like being an enemy you know what i mean i'm creating like um compassion for him you know and just and you know what else i did instead of being my normal evasive self with talking about feelings with him i just laid it all on the line i was vulnerable and i was just like you know what i'm very sensitive and this is really hurting me Mm. and I wish there was a way we could talk about you know talk about this more in depth and um I just want you to know like and I just kind of like laid out on the line for him and I said back I mean I went far back I was like in the year 2007 like you know and I kind of gave him like details of like things that had happened and I was like you know I don't expect you to know that that hurt me because I don't, I never really, you know, said to you at the time, but I laid it all on the line for him. And I was like, you know what? I want to listen to you and I want to hear you. And like, he would, you know, we kind of had that back and forth versus like one, like normally we would just have one person talking and then another talking on top. And then it was like, we would never get to any sort of resolution. Yeah. kind of feel a little I feel a little crack like that a good crack like came through you know yeah yeah I think when you talk from a from a feeling of I realize that in fights yeah someone feels like they're being blamed or guilted or shamed or gaslit mm-hmm. they will never open up to you mm-hmm. if people feel heard and empathized with and understood then they will explain what's going on but if two people are just blaming each other and guilting and shaming, you're not, you're actually going in circles. Like it doesn't go anywhere. And that happens to us all the time. And you can only, the biggest epiphany I've had recently is you can only be in control of your own thoughts, emotions, and feelings. And you cannot control what anyone does, says, or is. And you have a choice. You can walk away. You're allowed to be like, this is not working for me. I'm walking away or this is not working for me. I need time. But you can't make someone say something different. You can't make them say it, feel it, be it. You can only work on yourself. And I know it's like logically we all go, yeah, we know that. But then we wouldn't fight like we do. If we knew that we couldn't change someone or control someone or, you know, make them be different then we wouldn't try to do it all the time. We could say what we want. Like, hey, for me, it's always like, hey, I like more affection. I could say that. But if I'm like, you know, you don't give me more affection because you don't do this and blah, 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 blah. And it's because of this and blah, blah, blah. Like, they're not going to want to give you more of what you're asking for, right. you know? But I can say what I want and then I can let it go. And then you have a choice about if that person doesn't change, then it's your choice to either accept it or to not and walk away. Because some people go, well, if that person doesn't change like this, I don't like it. It's like, okay, then don't, you don't have to stay. Yep. Yep. Or you have to accept it. Because sometimes if you say like, oh, I really like, for me, it's like, I don't like it when the kids eat on the bed. It really makes me frustrated because there's always stains on the bed. 
And I'm always like, please don't let the kids eat on the bed or the, the couch or anything. And they always do. It's always like, but it's always like, well, there's a towel down, but I don't give a shit. Like, it's always like there's a towel down, but there's always smudges. There's always smudges, right? On the couches. And so like, I've said it so many times that either I have to accept it or I have to like buy a couch that is for the kids, you know? Like I have, like, <laughs> if it's not changing, then I have to fix this. I have to fix my problem. Right. <laughs> so funny well tell me if you have a solution for men that just will never close the toilet lid i mean i can't my husband always does so i don't know but you have to ask yourself is that the worst thing in the world i know you know what you're right it's annoying right but it's like what does he do and then you just you'll feel so much better if you just accept it yeah you're right you're right because like what is the worst thing that we're it's doing? not gonna change and all you have to do no offense is pull this toilet down thank god he's not like having an affair you know what i mean like you got to think about logically how bad is this really right right i know it's true it's true it's just you know it was one of the, i think it was like there was just like things that added up all together and that was like you know like an easy go-to like oh you're bugging me because of this so i'm really trying to work on that because i know in the past I almost expected him to change and not me, you yeah. know, and it's 50, 50, you know, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, thanks guys for listening to our <laughs> emotional podcast today. Just to usher you into the holiday. Yeah. <laughs> and have a good holidays guys. You know, I think my biggest advice to everyone is just like, no expectations, man. Like no expectations. That's what gets us in trouble. low expectations you'll have a great christmas and new year low expectations be kind to yourself if you don't even want to go out don't like life continues it's you're gonna be okay like you know and if you're and also the third thing is if you're suffering around this time speak to someone yes go and speak to someone and low expectations yes low expectations you're right don't forget to reach out and if you get bored, you know you can always hang with Listen women on to top. all podcasts. <laughs> We're always here for you on every oh, yeah. platform and on social media. <laughs> well, I love it. Thank you so much, Rox Zoxy. Well, thank you so much. Tam, I hope you feel Tam. better. I'm going to come see thank you tomorrow yeah. outside your house. I promise. So, I will. Promise. Okay. I will do that. Because I have not seen you yet, and I have only seen you on screen. Yeah. Okay, Okay, guys, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment. We are Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And Women on Top Official on TikTok. Oh, yes. And I am Tam and Sarsak. (laughs) And I am Roxy Manning. And we are (gasps) Women Women on on enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.